Today's episode, Brian and Henry talk about golden hour of photography, tips, techniques, gear, and everything else about the golden hour. Welcome to the All Outdoors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Henry Doyle and Ryan Taylor, where we discuss all things related to outdoor and nature photography. Welcome back to the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. This is episode 26, and today we're talking about a very special um, time of day. Yes, we are talking about the golden hour. So this is basically the span of time um, surrounding the time of sunrise and sunsets. Um, obviously, it's very popular with landscape photography and really just any other outdoor and nature photography. So um, yeah, this episode is going to be all about that, the special time of day. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably the best that some would say. Arguably, yeah, the best quality mm-hmm. of light. Um, yeah. So we'll see how many times we say light in this in this episode. Probably say it a lot. <laughs> so Ryan, you're a bit more of an expert than me. So what is golden hour? Um, well, I'm going to paraphrase cause I don't know these definitions off the top of my head, but like from my sources websites, I just, I'm looking up right now. It's basically when the sun <laughs> is close to the horizon, um, it's light, the light appears warmer and softer. Um, so typically when, it, you know, when, how do I explain this? When the sun is lower on the horizon, it's, it looks bigger. First off, that's just kind of like a, kind of like an optical illusion to our, our eyes, I guess. And the light's more directional. Um, so that's more attractive because it's, it's typically a, like a softer, as I just said, and a more lower contrast, uh, light. It's much more desirable, um, for images. Cause you got to imagine when it's like the middle of the day and that sun's just, you know, high noon, it's right overhead and it's a bright, let's just say blue, sunny, blue, sunny sky day. Um, it's going to create the really high contrast scenes. Um, if you try and shoot a portrait out in open light or like a headshot, it's going to have lots of shadows drooped on the face and on the cheeks. It's going to look really undesirable. Um, landscapes obviously are going to look more washed out. Um, try even, I never even do nowadays, uh, long exposures in the bright, sunny sky day. It's just yeah. not worth it to me. Um, mm. but in that case I'll be overcast, but in, you know, in the instance of this episode speaking, um, golden hour. Yeah. It's just much more beautiful directional light. And I find that the colors are much more warmer. It doesn't matter what time of year, even in winter, like it just has much more boldness to it um, that I just find so much more desirable. And the the light is, like you said, kind of diffused enough um, to where you can get a good shot with still a nice amount of like highlight and shadow. Mm-hmm. It's not so bright that it instantly overexposes if you try to get some shat- shadow detail. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the name is literally spot on, like, you know, any photographer, anyone that enjoys or appreciates like sunrises and sunsets, I'd say more so with like sunsets is that it's a much more warm. It literally is a golden light most of the time. Um, and it's, it's just, it looks so much better to the images because it is at that lower angle, um, as the, the sun's traveling more through the earth's atmosphere. So it just creates much more powerful look, I think overall. And it, you know, translates to better photographs, I believe. Yeah, um, especially like, you know, if you got mountains or hills, if you could get like some nice golden light in those mountains and just even with like even macro subjects, Mm -hmm. get some like shadows and some golden tones on there. Mm It's just really uh, desirable. It's I think the I think the reason why it's so desirable for uh, outdoor photographers is that it's it's a special time of day, I think, because like for if, if it was like a sunset, it's that first that last hour of true daylight before the sun sets and it's like very limited time and you know it's just a desirable amount of um, light quality that you really don't get anywhere else in the day you know it's always at the beginning 
or end of the day. And so you kind of have to make the most of it um, with whatever your maybe photographs you're potentially composing. And I feel like it does well with non-photographers too. Like mm -hmm. uh, your audience usually has like a really good reception to like golden light. Because, um, oh, you know, that's usually like if a, like a normal person's out on a trip and they're not a photographer, like they'll, they'll go outside in golden hour and kind of enjoy things and maybe check out sunrise or sunset. Um, they can yeah. just relate to it. Well, I feel like the amount of people, like maybe people that don't consider themselves like true photographers, let's say like, maybe they just like casual snapshots with phones. That's okay. Of course. But I feel like pretty much, I don't want to generalize, but I feel like most humans, most people, um, they enjoy sunrises, sunsets. I don't know. We, we could get real deep here if we want and, be all pretentious but like about why but like i just feel like everyone you know appreciates those times of day because they are pretty special if you ask me it's like for me it's like a rite of passage to see a sunrise you know getting up before dawn and you know going out with the camera and stuff getting up real nice and early just because you, you know you want to go with the camera you know i'd rather sleep in most of the time like most people but you know it's like a it's like a special time of day um to really take photographs and just, just be out in nature yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and like you said, that harsh light for landscapes, especially, is just really, really just sucks. So golden light, if you see a scene and it doesn't work during the day, maybe come back at golden hour um, and you can completely transform it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would even recommend um, like maybe choose a location really close to you and go there different times of day, like maybe in the, even in the same day. Just go there, you know, sunrise middle of the day and then sunset and just see how the quality of light maybe if you like point your lens and camera at the same subject and see how much that quality of light changes over the course of the whole day um and maybe you'll you know each subject's different of course but like you'll see the difference pretty evidently i think um and just you know it's 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 really apparent if you ask me you know it's night and day no pun intended so while this episode is going to be pertaining about golden hour, I will just mention briefly the blue hour, which um, is typically known as twilight. And that's uh, the time usually before, uh, is it, what is it, before sunrise, I believe, where it's like a nice blue kind of cast. And it's, it's yeah, time, you'll, it's you'll get it before, after, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you'll get it before sunrise and then um, usually after sunset. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I, I found, I mean, this is how it is, but like, the, yeah, the golden hour before sunset, let's say, is very, very vibrant, warm colors. And then that time afterwards, um, usually the direction facing away from the sun, it's very blue. It's got some pastoral kind of colors, like very pink and just really, you know, calm, I guess, blue colors. And it's just much more different, different kind of color palette that you don't get from like a traditional mm -hmm. sunset. So It's almost like a magenta tone sometimes, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, almost lavender. It, it's really, times. really nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it is, it's not the same amount of light you get in golden hour. Cause obviously the sun has already set or in the morning, the sun hasn't even risen. Um, but it's still, you know, it's not pure dark. Like you can, yes. you'll have to maybe raise your ISO or crank that shutter up, but um, it, you know, it's still, there's some levels of light, but nothing too like directional. Well, I guess, yeah, there's no direction really. So. Just kind of kind of a flat light over the scene. Yeah, it's yeah, whatever direction the sun's at, you know. So if it's rising, you know, east and west, but it's it, yeah, it does get brighter over that time and then to it eventually it just kinda reaches this kind of I guess climax of like this is the sunrise, you know, and it just hits you 
you know, and just mm-hmm. lights up the sky. It's pretty cool. It's, it's really neat. And twilight on its own is very, um, just, I don't know, lack of adjectives, but it's very beautiful in its own right. Even, you know, in consideration with the golden hour, it's still like its own special time of day. Um, and I just recommend any landscape photographers or, you know, if you want to take sunset shots, let's say, don't just pack up and leave right after the sun hits, you know, dips below the horizon. I would stay out after that because there may still be great photographs oh, yeah. to be had, you know, with the light. And the, and the color usually sticks around uh, in the sky. And oh, yeah. Kind of, it kind of mixes with that kind of purple light, um, mm-hmm. pur- bluish purple light. And the colors can even change a little bit. So, yeah, yeah it's definitely it's, stick around. It's always changing minute by minute. And I think I think that's why I like this these hours so much is that it's just neat to see how they uh, unfold, really, just minute by minute. And you can just see how the light and everything kind of the clouds, if there are any, and just the way it all hits the landscape. It's just really neat to me to see this, all these different changes and micro changes just happening all at once. And then, uh, you know, just kind of breaking it down, you know, minute by minute. And it's just neat to see it all kind of play out and yeah so yeah yeah i would recommend um if you find a good composition and you can really like commit to that i would recommend setting up your tripod and just you know leaving it mm-hmm. throughout the sunset and throughout the blue hour um and just kind of seeing how the lighting changes definitely get drastically different shots yeah yeah and just be patient like like, like I just said a little bit ago, it's like if the sun hits you know below the horizon and it sets, like truly sets, don't just pack up and leave because it's like that light can still kind of come back for a little bit, you know, back out in the sky or it could hit twilight and still look beautiful. And it'd be a completely different scene from what you just saw 10, 15 minutes ago. So you just, you never know with the way, you know, astronomical events are, you know, happening, I guess, and how the sky like turns out because each sunset to me and sunrise is pretty unique on its own. Like no two are really truly alike to me. And there's always some kind of different colors or stuff that's kind of playing out in the sky. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how would you say, Henry, that you prepare for, I know you don't, you said you don't do much golden hour, you said, but like, how would you prepare for like a sunrise sunset shoot? Like, is there anything special or times or um, like just talk well, through it? I know for sunset, um, I did a ton of sunset stuff this summer because I was up at the lake for, I think, six or seven weeks. So, I mean, I would say I probably shot three nights a week at least. Um, so I would always get there up to an hour early. Um, and, you know, since I had a lot of time in that those locations, um, it was kind of local. Obviously, I don't live there, but I was there for a long period of time. So I kind of focus on one composition every night. So I'd set up the tripod um, and just shoot throughout the night. Have not like a continuous shutter, but continuously pressing the shutter button, um, just leaving the focus locked in. Um, of course, adjusting the exposure based on the lighting conditions. Um, and then after that, usually um, after the color kind of subsides, I might try to find another composition, but usually I'm just happy with the one. Um, with kind of the different light and I would always check like weather apps. Um, so I was usually shooting like not, sea- it's not a seascape cause it's a lake, but, um, lakescapes, I lakescape, guess. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I checked the weather app, try to see if there was clouds cause you don't want that blocking the sun. Um, uh, I mean, unless that's the look you're going for, but <laughs> I would, you know, check weather apps. Clear outside is a great one. It can show you like mm-hmm. the exact cloud cover. As time progresses, um, 
And then there's this other app I use. I'm trying to remember the name. Um, Do you use forget? Bills? No, I haven't. I kind of want to, but. It's pretty cool. So it's got like augmented reality. I've used it. I don't use it much, admittedly so, but it has more tools than just the AR. But like you can use it to simulate like the direction of the sun's, you know, sun's position and everything. It's, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool app. Yeah, I, I was using, I use an app that uh, you can set which style of photography you're doing and it, it'll tell you if it's like optimal conditions. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool. It, it actually worked pretty well. Like it, mm. It never failed me. Like it was a pretty nice app. I can't remember the name, but I'll try to put in the description or something if I remember it. Um, That's that's pretty much it. I'm really not much of a morning person, so I don't do a lot of sunrises. Um, I mostly only do that on trips. Uh, But I guess for sunrises, just make sure you have an alarm um, and you know just be ready to wake up early, get a good night's sleep. Yeah, definitely. Try and what eat a nice you? breakfast if you can, because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's I, I I can't describe like for me the creative process and like being hungry is the worst two worst things to go together. Um, bring even like even if you've already eaten breakfast, maybe bring a granola bar or something to eat while you're like waiting for the light to come in. Yeah, you have to like eat. I don't know. For me, I can only speak for myself in this case, but like you have to eat something. I try not to eat something that's too heavy because then you just kind of go outside and you're like, you know, carrying your gear. And, hiking if you are and it's like but eat something that's filling and then i always of course i always bring snacks every trip stuff to keep my car or in my bag just like stuff that's like cliff bars or you know i don't know an apple stuff that's just you know small and can be packed pretty easily um but just nice little snacks for the trip however long i'm out that day um but but yeah anyway so um for what i i guess for what i do for my shoots um it really just depends um like kind of like you henry it's like i don't for sunrises i'm not really a morning person i mean i force myself to get up pretty early uh lately that's been about six o'clock um and so it you know if i'm going out that morning because it's favorable conditions or you know what have you I'll, I'll do that um but you know i do like to sleep in a lot more you know as much as i can at least um so sunsets are more of my yeah. speed but yeah for sunrise it's just about the motivation you have to like fight yourself to get out of bed and just go out there and do it like this morning um as a recording this episode this morning i went out and i woke up at like six o'clock like i just said and i got out just right before sunrise truly happened and it was worth it honestly because i took this pretty cool tree shot that i had planned out um and the reason why i mainly went out um before sunrise for this morning and you know take take advantage of the golden hour is that i knew it'd be a sunny day throughout so i was like all right i have this limited the, the hour itself, I have this limited um, amount of time to take advantage of this nice, beautiful light. Um, Cause I know the longer, you know, it goes on that morning, it's going to get much more brighter and just harsher light. So that's simply the reason why I chose today to go out early. Um, I guess I could have gone out later, but you know, it might not yield the same results for that photograph, uh, for example. And so for sunsets, that's much more easier for me. I feel like I'm not as rushed with sunsets versus sunrises. Um, sunsets, I can kind of, if I'm, planning out a shot, prepared for it, you know, go to the location before, try to get there as early as you can so you can set up and make sure you can watch that light. Like I said, just unfold before your eyes and camera and just, you know, play it by ear, honestly. Like if it's a productive night or evening and I might experiment with other blue hour shots as well um, around the same area or whatever I'm at, you know, so yeah. But other than that, I don't really carry much specialized gear for these shots. I mean, just besides, you know, my cameras and lenses, 
and all that stuff. I guess I will recommend, I guess, for darkness at the beginning, end of day is a headlamp. I get a good quality one. Mm-hmm. Um, I use a, I think it's, uh, it's a Petzl one. That's a good brand. Um, I think it's like 300 lumens, which is super bright. And it has like SOS blinking features as red mm-hmm. light as well as white light. Um, cause cool. some of you may know the red light, um, helps your eyes adjust better to the darkness than white. Um, it's just like eye science, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know about all about that, but I knew the red light helps your eyes adjust better to darkness in the nighttime. So yeah, I guess a headlamps, one thing I'd recommend in particular. Yeah. What um, I use for that, um, I have an L.O. Bean hat that has like a built-in flashlight. It's very mm-hmm. compact. I voice cracked. But it's very compact. Um, like it's not like bulky. Uh, the batteries like go in the back and then there's like a cord that goes around to the front. Um, mm-hmm. And that could do red uh, flashing and then like, you know, your standard light. Um, so bright? that's pretty cool. If you, uh, Yeah, it's pretty bright. It's not quite as bright as a headlamp, but, you know, you can see a good amount. Uh, and that's kind of good if you want to be like a little bit more low key, I guess. Right. Right. Uh, I've gotten some weird looks. I do have a headlamp as well. <laughs> gotten some weird looks before with that. The headlamp uh, gets weird. Understandably. Looks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very important. You don't want to trip on a trail, especially at sunrise or sunset. I mean, mm-hmm. that could get life threatening. It could get hairy. Quickly. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. I, especially I, if you're I'm... doing like early morning, like seascape stuff. Oh gosh, no. Fall into the water or something. <laughs> I hope not. I've never like I don't know. I don't I usually get to the locations later than I'd like to admit, like if it's a sunrise. And I'm usually always late to them, like last minute, like arriving and the lights starting to like really start up for the day. Um so I really don't find myself using the headlamp. Like I'm never in like a true I'm never like hours before sunrise, you know, like hiking in the darkness. But maybe someday I'll do that just for fun. Or mm-hmm. if I need to like actually hike out miles to a particular spot and use the. Do you find, yeah? Do you find that the pressure, um, like say you get to a sunrise late, do you find that the pressure motivates you, or does it like get in your head? Um, for a sunrise, I mean, it's kind of both. It's a pressure that I welcome <laughs> to some extent. It's more like okay, it's like the drive there. Let's say I'm like kind of freaking out like i have like five minutes until sunrise and i have like a couple miles of driving to do which isn't a lot sure that's a few minutes but like once i get to the location i'm like and like once i'm like boots on the ground i'm ready to go you know bags everything packed ready like it should already be ready i'm saying but like i'll get out of the car and you put on my bag hit the hit the trails or something i'm actually much more calmer than like once i'm actually at the location i find myself like more centered and more grounded and like, okay, now I can focus on the task at hand or whatever I'm doing. Um, so it's a little bit of both, I would say. Um, obviously I don't really want to be pressured too much because then I just make a subpar photograph that's I kind of forced in a way, you know? So I'd rather have more time, I guess, than not. Yeah. Which is why I like sunsets more, like I said, because it's like you're seeing the light change and you only have more time, so to speak. You know, I, I don't know. I just feel more prepared. Yeah, with sunsets, you can, you know, usually see the sun going down. So you can yes. kind of tell. Uh, I think there's something you could do with like your fingers that like can you can actually like time it. Um, uh, oh, I, yeah, I've seen that. It seems like some, like a hitchhiker thing or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't know. what. Um, I can't think of the name of it, honestly. Yeah, it's blank in my mind as well. Yeah, but... me too. Anyone that knows that may be listening. Uh, chime in 
email us. Yeah. DM us do. on at Instagram at All Outdoors Photography Podcast. Um, yeah. Follow us on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> you got to admit, that was pretty smooth. We weren't even planning on that little promotion. But yeah. Anyways, um, no, you're right. You can kind of predict. I think it's with the horizon. You can like your your knuckles and you can level it or something. But I feel like I think that's what you're talking about. But uh, maybe I don't anyways, know. Anyways, I yeah, it's it's all. It's up been here. so long since I've done like serious <laughs> golden hour photography. Yeah, I know. Well, not really, but I've been. I don't know. I I've been finding myself doing that more and more. I, I don't know. I've been more selective and choosy lately. Like I used to be more forgiving of like. You know, eh, it's high noon. The sun's way out in full force, but I'm still out here with my camera. I'm finding myself more and more just being like, eh, I'm not going to find much goodness. I'm not saying it's not, I'm not saying it's impossible, but like, I'm just finding my motivation will get much more yeah. um, dampened. You know, I just, I don't know. It's, it's, I like, I like hiking in sunny weather, but like for photography speaking, I'm just, I don't know. I'm fine. I like bird photography. I like bird photography in sunny weather. I think it's, oh, really? Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, today, today there was a really bright blue sky, and I I literally got like my favorite bird shot of all time. Like so, yeah, of a hawk. It landed like right in front of me. (laughs) I'll have to see that. That sounds cool, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. I was about really like counterpoint with like, um, like it's much more higher contrast. Like actually today when I was out this morning, cause I had a blue sky day, right. Cause we're not too far away from each other, <laughs> but it was like this, mm-hmm. I was at, um, this local, like little nature reserve. Um, and it's like a really secluded spot. Like only a handful of people like in my area know about it. And there's like no parking. It's very just low key and everything, but it's like a wide open, expansive, like it's got like a few like big ponds and marshy kind of wetlands and a Creek running through it. It's like so cool in the middle of the city, um, near where I live. And, uh, I was just like out looking, I was actually looking for birds. Like I had just my telephoto binoculars on, um, just walking around. Cause it's kind of like a walk heavy place. I feel, you feel like you just get a lot of steps in cause you're just, it's wide open. But, um, I saw this, like, I thought it was like a tree branch. I'm like, that looks like a heron. Like it's shaped like a heron. So I put up my binoculars. I'm like, Oh, it's a great blue heron. Cool. And I took like some shots, but it's like the light was just middle of the day. Like I said, it was too bright and my focus was off. So that's my fault of course. But like the light uh, was, yeah, I mean, the, the exposure was good, but it was mainly the focus was off. But like I said, my fault, but like the lighting still like the catch light in the heron's eye where it has that yellow ring, it was still like, like overexposed. I don't know. It's just, it wasn't as Yeah, you, you gotta be careful. Like um, some of my best heron shots are like, like I can think of one in particular. I was at a big old lake by myself and it was like not heavy rain, but it was pitter patter enough, like a moderate rain we'll say. And it was, of course, overcast for that. And it, yeah, I just feel like the shots are night and day better um, for, you know, wildlife in this case, birds. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's all thing is like, it, you really have to position yourself because, I mean, you've probably experienced this hundreds of times. The backlit bird shot is just not good. I mean, it's just so undesirable. You get that bright white kind of surrounding the bird. You mean like a silhouette? Yeah, but like you know, you're not work. even trying to do a silhouette. Like it's impossible oh, not yeah. to get one. You know, unless uh, if the golden hour, the golden hour. Can oh, make, yeah, the golden hour yeah. makes silhouettes beautiful, especially birds. Definitely, I've seen. I've seen. I don't. I ha, I don't have much in my portfolio that would exemplify that, but I've seen other people's work, and it's like it's crazy cool what you can come up with. It's creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's the whole thing. Like, have you? You said you didn't have much. Have you like gotten any like successful wildlife at Golden Hour, like at all? Uh, yeah, there, I can think of a handful. Um, I think I mentioned on a previous episode, a couple episodes back, but um, I found that for like wildlife and birds, um, I find I like a much more natural light, not necessarily flat, but like much more like uh, what do you call it, natural? I guess light. Like the golden hour is beautiful and it makes birds look great, but like I, it's not indicative of the bird usually. You know what I mean? Like if it's like a white goose, yeah. or let's say it's a mute swan, and like it's in golden hour light. I think I have a couple shots that kind of show that, um, but like it doesn't. It I don't know. It looks yellow, of course, and it's just like it's a cool shot, but like I don't know. Maybe I just like a much more traditional, like bird portrait in that case. I don't know. So it just depends, but. I I, mm. I will say it's not like if it's sunrise and I see a beautiful bird in front of me, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> of course not. Um, but, you know, it's just preference, I think, on the day and what I'm kind of going for. There's definitely trade-offs. Like golden hour, uh, your ISO is going to be higher naturally. I mean, I guess unless if you're trying to do like a completely dark silhouette. But if you're trying to get some detail on the bird, you'll really have to put that ISO up. Um, on a sunny day, you know, you can – probably end up shooting at like a hundred in that range so. uh yeah I, I don't see why not depends on your lens choice obviously and all that um, yeah I, I would like, also say in this case like spot metering would be really important oh yeah definitely because if i would say if more than like a third or even half of your scene in your viewfinder is dark or just black you know you definitely want to spot meter in that case um, mm-hmm. probably for like when the sky yeah because your, your camera one your camera will want to get that neutral exposure and that's just not going to work yeah, it's gonna try. It's gonna like the the camera's meters like pretty pretty stupid. So it's just gonna be like thinking, hey, you want to evenly expose this whole entire dark scene, right? So it's gonna try its best to, you know, up the exposure and be like, you want this bird obviously well exposed. And if you're trying to go for a creative kind of like look, I guess, or color, and you want like a silhouette, you know, you gotta override that manual settings and just change it to how you want it. Yeah, definitely. Um... I, today, even on the bright day, um, on that hawk shot I was talking about, I was actually able to do ISO 100, which is actually pretty crazy for my lens because um, if the, some of you may not know, but I have a F11 wildlife lens. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it works. And it was so bright today, I was able to get it down to 100. So That's awesome. Are you shooting handheld? Yep, handheld. Oh, yeah. wow. The stabilization's wow. great on that lens. It's uh- yeah, Same. that's good. I, I can go down to one twentieth of a second handheld. Yeah. Holding I think like it was straight up or eye level? Uh <laughs> yeah, if it's up in a tree, I can't do one twentieth. Okay, okay. Um tree would probably be sixty, eighty maybe. Um, but I was one one hundredth today just because it was so bright. I didn't even need to go down that low to get my eyes so down. I, I don't know. I'm too shaky for a handheld, so like I mm-hmm. anything under like 320th of a second i'm just like that's my safe my safe yeah. zone i just can't do anything slower i'm too shaky yeah and you've got more of a buffer too because i think your lens is like five six or i am not sure but it's uh and the high end of zoom it's uh yeah five six so i think nice. up to like two i think up to 250 or so it's like f5 and then anything beyond that like up to 600 which i'm usually at 600 naturally um is going to be f 5.6 so you're not losing you're not losing much stops of light, but like 
I just, I'm so used to doing the 5.6 or even 6.3, but you know, my lens, it has limitations. Like it gets too soft, um, even yeah. at that, you know, range. So it has to be a bird that's really close or tack sharp, or I just, I have to nail that focus just right or else it just doesn't work. It's gonna be too soft. Yeah. You okay. can tell. Yeah. Wildlife is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely, I, yeah. I definitely want to try some golden hour though. I could it's definitely fun. be cool. I want to get like a, a heron at golden hour. <sighs> Like that'd be insane. It's, it's possible. I oh no, I think about it. I literally just thought because I kind of lied, I guess, because you're asking about silhouette birds. I actually do have some from a couple. It's, it's kind of older. It's a couple three years back, which by now is a long time for me. But I do have some great blue heron shots that are silhouetted with like the foliage in black. Oh wow! It's like a really really dark image intentionally, but it was at like a local pond, and I was like, this kind of was newer, I guess, to the stuff. You know, the name of the game, and I was like, following, not chasing the heron around but like he would fly to the other he gets spooked by me first off because i get i'd be like inching too close to him you know my telephoto and he'd fly to the other end of this like 17 acre lake and then i just kind of walk the path around the lake and then he just fly back the other side it's it's so stupid <laughs> and i kept doing this for like a while i don't know an hour maybe or two i don't know but like it got to be sunset you know and it was just like cool i found him like right before dark and i just rattle off these shots and yeah they're silhouettes so it's pretty cool i think wow even by my i guess standards today yeah i just remember those actually it's been have you ever tried um abstracts at golden hour uh yeah actually recently i did i did a handful at a local creek that i'm quite fond of um i i've never actually done because it's funny because usually when i do abstracts i like to do them in midday light because it's much more brighter color i guess there's much more light on the color like if it's fall foliage it's much more vibrant to me or just late morning we'll say um but like yeah a couple of weeks ago actually i was at a local creek and i i took like a static like water reflection shot in a creek and i was like cool this is fine it has like some felt trees reflected in the creek water cool and i was like well, usually abstracts are like my afterthought like okay i have a little bit of light left what do i do let's just play around with it so yeah in this case um in this evening i was like i'm just gonna take the same kind of tree shot composition and just shake my camera and do all that stuff up and down side to side. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to get that golden hour light in a much more dizzying, blurry kind of look. Um, so that was quite refreshing, I think. Yeah, it's a it's nice uh, change with the other abstracts. It can mm -hmm. be kind of... The colors are a little bit less interesting during the day um, yeah, when it comes to, like, the movement. Yeah. Um, and you can get, like, a... I know it's not as much of a problem, but you can get a much better exposure um, at golden hour with abstracts. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't argue that for sure. It's much more easier, I think, to overexpose in the midday. But like, yep, I feel like, yeah, it's, I, it's just, if there's one thing to take away from this episode, it's like the light's just better. I don't know. I don't, I don't even feel like it, to some extent, I don't even feel like that's subjective, subjectivity subjective you know of opinion it's like the light's just much more i don't know nicer it's, mm -hmm. it's it's like more pleasant to work with i think you know yeah yeah but um definitely you know definitely don't limit yourself those hours a day because I, oh, no, I feel no. like like a true photographer you know they go all day long well if they can but obviously I have. a true photographer should be able to shoot you know any time of day and get a decent shot mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah but this isn't like an exclusive, like I'm telling you, or you shouldn't take this as law. Like mm -hmm. this is the only time, I mean, a lot of professionals will like pack their bags and leave before noon 
And that's a valid reason for a lot of cases, but like, don't limit yourself. Like we could, we, honestly, we may not think about it, make another episode about midday light. And that'd be kind of cool. I think. Oh I yeah. You want to do that, Henry, but I'm a cool. midday light expert. <laughs> there you go. This will, that'll be your episode. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> we'll write that down in the notes. Um, so anyways, yeah. So I, like, go ahead. So I just had a, a thought. Um, are, do you think there's any off limits subjects like not off limits, but things you highly recommend against not shooting in golden hour light? Oh, I, I, oh, I thought you were going to ask about midday light and I had some answers, but golden hour. Um, well, like those come down to preference. Like I just said a little bit ago, um, birds, birds aren't like, I don't know. Like I said, it depends on my mood. I'm not going to say I like, I will not shoot a bird in golden hour, you know, but like, um, Honestly, because because the light's so much more desirable, I don't I don't know if there's ever a time I was like, gee, I wish I shot that you know noon or one o'clock in the afternoon. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like there's any real shot that I didn't think was improved by using sunrise sunset hours. I yeah, I can't think of anything anything off the top of my head. Because like I've done lakes, I've done like landmarks, I've done birds, I've done abstracts, I've done flowers i've done you get the point like i've done all these things in golden hour i've done them in midday of course i've done them in golden hour and some of my favorite shots happen to be those golden hour shots just because the light is much more attractive and anyone can go out the middle of the day to a local community park and take a phone photo of a flower let's say and but like to get it well yeah you know what i mean like but to get yeah i think flowers are good in midday that's right. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. what I'm getting at is like anyone can do that, but like to get up before sunrise and see the light play out in the sunrise over the horizon and you get this flower shot that's really special, I think. Like not everyone's going to get that, like be, in, be patient enough to get that kind of shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I feel like it separates um, like the people, the, the weekend warriors, if you ever heard that term, like the people that might go out like the middle of the day, like they sleep in and they'll go out in the middle of the day and it's like, Oh, it's almost dark. I better go home for dinner. Like those people, I I feel like I'm going to put some people down. You're describing me. No. Oh man. I feel like I'm getting the pushback now, but like, like those people, I don't want to say they're not going to make it like, but it's just like, it's, it's, you're missing out on so much more. If you don't like get up before sunrise, like get out of bed. And if you don't stay out past dinner time, you know, like you're, you're missing out on a lot of like good opportunities, I think, and some special times of day and you see beautiful weather patterns and there's like, there's just a lot more to see, I think. And um, I'm not sure. I mean, I can't, I can't, I, I was in that position for a long time, of course. So I don't think I'm just like perfect, but like, you know, you do, you do miss out a lot. I think if you just exempt those early beginning and middle, sorry, uh, beginning and end of parts of the day. Yep. Anyways, um, for for me with the off limits, um, the one thing I had in mind was like interior waterfalls. Um, well, like um, like a waterfall that doesn't have like an open sky, so like a waterfall in the woodlands, I I would not suggest that for golden hour light. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, you're, yeah, I'd say you're, I'd agree with because the shadows you'll get and stuff, um. You're just not going to have enough light, really. Unless if the rays of light, like, I don't know if if that's what you're going for, but what I'm thinking is, like, if the rays of light kind of, like, throw themselves through the frame and it looks cool, 
it might be something worth considering. But yeah, I would agree with that. I would say yeah. Overcast. Overcast, okay, I guess I will reframe my, or restate my answer. Um, overcast light for long exposure water is more desirable than golden hour. But like, I don't know. Because <laughs> the thing with golden hour is just like, it's going to get sunnier during the day. And then those long exposures are going to be harder to make that look much more attractive, I guess. But like, if it's an overcast mm-hmm. day all day, let's say, it's like, okay, you know, I can do whatever I want pretty much with the time I have, you know? So. Yeah. I long for an overcast spring day. Oh, dude. So, I, nice not, grasses and flowers. Dude, don't even get me started. Like, like nice, big, thick greenery that's like moistened and like from the <laughs> rainfall. God, I sound like a poet or something. <laughs> uh, I'm but, with you. I'm with you. you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I long. Me too. Me too. I long for those days, like spring, summer. You hear the, the wood thrushes singing their little flute song in the woodland. It's like a nice pitter patter rainfall. Green foliage, waterfalls abound. Ugh. Yep. And it's like we'll, not too we'll humid, there. but it's like enough to make you kind of break a sweat, but that's okay. And it's like, ah, oh, dude, it's so good. It's so good. But, I've already started to notice um, that winter's kind of in its early stages of going away. I know we're, I think Ohio's gotten some snow and Kentucky's been mm-hmm. getting a lot of snow, but I feel like the light is starting to get a little bit more spring-like, I a little agree. bit brighter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. It's it's been cold. It's been very very cold here the past like two weeks consistently, like enough so that the snow hasn't melted. Um, but I heard uh, this morning it's like gonna be negative temps in like a couple days. Oh, I don't wow. know how long if it's just like a day or whatever. But you know, I don't. I, I agree with you. I feel like spring's on its way for sure in the next maybe month or so. But like it's there's we're gonna have some coldness, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I I've been welcoming the snow this this year in particular. So, yeah, I wonder uh, what groundhog the groundhog said on Groundhog's Day. I wasn't paying attention. Six but... weeks of winter, more weeks. Nice, <laughs> but who believes that? Nobody. Except remember... for those yeah. weird townspeople. That <laughs> I remember the skunk cabbage last year. That that early blooming like spring. It's like one of the earliest spring like f- I guess you call it flower. It's not really flower like if you ask me, but it's a plant. Um, it came around in like mid or mid February, like very early. And I was like, Oh no. Cause it was such like a warm, wet, like winter overall. But I know th- this year seems very traditionally like winter to me. Yeah. Yeah. More than the past couple of years for sure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's felt more like winter, which mm-hmm. is okay. I'm okay with, I guess if it alternates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good yeah. to see that our earth hasn't completely burned up yet. It's still got some winters left in it. Yeah. Well, I hope not. Uh, yes. Anyways, is there is there any like specialized gear that you'd use or anything? Uh, I'd say uh, filters are usually important, um, especially for the kind of like sunset golden hour shooting I do. Um, for a long time, I only had a six stop. Uh, I found that that was even really enough. Neutral density. Some of the sub- hmm? Is that neutral density? Yeah, six okay. stop neutral density. It also has a polarizer built in, oh, so I right. guess it's probably more of like an eight stop. Um, I find that that's sometimes not even enough. Um, so I would maybe suggest a ten stop for, uh, oh, especially wow. like seascape sunset photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, get that nice blurred water. Um, some people are like graduated indie shooters. Uh, do you know what that is, Ryan? Uh, that that's where one. It's like a. 
it's a filter where like one side is darker than and the other yeah. one's lighter. It's graduated, uh, so to speak. So basically, uh, you know, some people do that. I'm more of a bracket guy, but you know, if you're not really big into editing, I would suggest that uh, mm-hmm. to kind of get an even exposure. Um, right. And that's pretty much it. A tripod's useful as always, but especially during golden hour, you can kind of stay set up for a while. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. I don't really find a polarizer very helpful at that time of day. Uh, hmm. But I have them built into my NDs, so yeah, I can use them if I want to. But yeah. Right. I Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm the opposite in that regard with the polarizer because I just use it almost all the time. I find it helps with like sunsets a lot. I'm um, just to saturate colors and everything without having to like edit them in and post usually. Um, one thing I will say is I, I'm pretty sure most photographers I'd hope are shooting in raw. If they're not, that's okay. But um, if you're shooting in raw, your white balance doesn't matter for your images just overall. And so, cause you can obviously alter that in your post-production, you know, whatever your software is. Um, but if you're shooting JPEG, um, just, and this is really just a textbook like thing you should just really pay attention to anyways, is the white balance you use is stuck on that JPEG because it's a lossy file format. And obviously raw files are typically lossless, which means that, you know, they don't lose their data and their pixels and bits, you know, to the image. Um, so, um, if you're shooting, let's just say you're shooting in JPEG, you're shooting a sunset. Um, I would recommend shooting, um, probably in what warm, that'd be probably just ump up the colors at least. If you want, if you want to get much more neutral um, sunset, shoot. I would do auto, honestly. You should, you shoot auto. Okay. Yeah. Really no right camera, or wrong. I mean, even if it's JK, JPEG, I would say I personally would trust the camera more than myself because, um, like depending on the angle that you're looking at the screen, uh, what kind of light is like going outside, like, like bouncing onto your camera, uh, you could really get the tint off or the, uh, cold and warm tones so you really have to be careful i would suggest auto right I, I would say with auto it might wash it out though like it might try to evenly expose everything and wash it out but maybe that's i don't know that's how i'm thinking of it at least are you are you talking about ex, uh white balance or exposure i, I guess i guess the way i said that sound like exposure i meant like the oh sorry. like wash out the colors yeah the sorry not the exposure okay. no that, that's my bad sorry no, no, yeah, I should have said that better, but like it's not the exposure itself it's washing out, but like the tint, the temperature. It's gonna much more mm-hmm. like flatter and duller, I think, at least. Cause like you're cause yeah. auto to me would be like the camera's like, oh, there's too much orange. Let's cool it down. You know? Like that's how I see it. Yeah, maybe um I know most cameras you can set like a Kelvin value. Maybe yeah. even look up like a good Kelvin value for sunset photography or whatever situation. Right. Um, you could just leave that set in your camera. That could also work. I guess, yeah, those white balances are pretty important. Like if you are shooting JPEG or just after the fact and post editing, it's it, like if, if an image is too warm and you want to cool it down, you just hit the cool white balance, obviously. If it's, if it's warm on its own, but you want to like really pump up and saturate the color, you could hit the warm white balance and that would just make it even more warm. So there's really, there's no right or wrong. And like, like you said, Henry, it's like just, there's a Kelvin, there's like a cloudy day, um, preset or excuse me, a white balance. And yeah, there's, there's options there at least. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean like white balance, that's, that's one of the most complicated things. Like, honestly, it's like people underestimate how complicated it is. I, I've been talking or I, I talked to 
recently I talked to, um, I met another photographer at one of my galleries and, um, she was looking at my work or whatever. And I was like, we're talking about like the color and temperature of your images when you print them. And I just like, was, cause we relate on that, you know, cause we photographers, right. But like, we're, I was kind of like venting kind of tongue in cheek, like, but I, I was being honest. I was just like, yeah, you look at the, the smaller print of the same like Robin photo. And then you look at this bigger print and I'm like, that one's cooler. That one's warmer. And I'm like, I hate how you can't get like a consistent color base throughout. And she's like, I know it's annoying, <laughs> you know? So it's like mm -hmm. something that we can relate on. It's yeah. I've been yeah. finding myself trying to be much more like mindful and conscious of that, at least when photo. Yeah. It's crazy. Like even the, the paper you choose can make it cooler oh, yeah. or warmer. It's just the really a lot of steps go into it. Yeah. Um, even if you have like the most calibrated monitors in the world, you'll still have some color differences. Definitely. Yeah. I think like that's why people, uh, print out those little proofs, like they'll print out the same paper, but like on a smaller mm -hmm. size, just to see if the color hits it just right. Um, and some people I'm, I'm really lazy about it to be fair, to be completely honest. Um, but some, the, the best photographers that print their work is like, they really get into it. Like they're like, mm, this one won't slide. It's too cool. I want the greens to be much more vibrant and warmer it's like yeah we get really particular about it which i can appreciate of course yep someone's got to be do you like what how would you post process like these kind of images sunrise sunsets like what um well so usually i'm pretty conservative on saturation but i kind of go crazy on golden hour <laughs> images yeah. uh, usually i don't do the like entire uh image slider i usually do the selective color so maybe I'll bring up the oranges or the reds or the yellows right? Uh, or, you know, whatever is most prominent in the scene. Um, I don't go too overboard, but I, I do way more than I usually do. Um, I usually I like a good amount of contrast at golden hour. So maybe making the shadows a bit darker than I usually do. Uh, sometimes I'll go for the silhouette look. Other times, you know, just make sure I have nice prominent shadows. Um, I will bracket, uh, quite a bit, especially for like seascape stuff. Um, and basically I just do two exposures. So one for the foreground, one for the sky. Um, and I, I won't, I try not to do like a huge exposure difference between them because I'm really not like a composite photographer. I like to keep it as natural as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, that's actually like pretty much the only time I ever use HDR. So mm -hmm. it's nice to get that practice in when it does come up. Right. I honestly, you pretty much just said everything I would say. So I'd have to agree on all points, um, especially that bracketing situation. I, I rarely bracket more than twice. And I do the exact same thing you said, like one for the sky usually, and one for like, like the ground level, the foreground, background, mid ground, whatever. Um, just, yeah. And like you said, I don't try to drastically make those like exposures different. You know, I just like to keep it kind of nice exposed, you know, front to back, um, nothing too crazy. Um, and, and yeah, when editing, putting them together in post, I try not to get too crazy with it as well. Just try to keep everything kind of looking as natural as possible, but, um, same here. I will up those, uh, colors. I think I do like a warmer color palette most of the time better. Like that's just more of a preference. Um, but that's kind of why I just lean towards that people like to see warmer colors myself included yeah i think it can get, look a bit odd sometimes if you try to introduce too much blue into a scene that doesn't have much blue in the first place mm -hmm. or vice uh, versa 
yeah, your viewers get kind of confused. Um, and I don't know. Is it, but, does it bug you? Like when you see, I'm not sure if you've seen this before, but like, have you seen like winter when like, it's clearly like a wintry kind of landscape or some kind of shot and it's like pumped up with warmness. Does it bug you kind of, or oh, what's your take? Yeah, on that? definitely. <laughs> Obviously not if it's a moderate amount, but if it goes to extreme, yeah. Well, if it's like a sunny day, like I guess it kind of gives that illusion of warmth, like in an image of like, let's say a snowy woodland, but like, it's definitely kind of jarring when I see like, <laughs> it's warm, like just like an orangey, like a very orange looking, uh, like snow on the ground. I don't know. It's just, it looks really kind of yeah. strange to me a little bit. <laughs> when I think about those images, um, no offense to people do this, but I kind of think of it being kind of like an amateur mistake. Yeah. To an extent. Cause I feel like people equate a lot of the times like equate, Oh, you know, snow and winter with coldness. And they're like, I don't like that. And then they just kind of in post, you know, be like, Oh, I'm going to up it. So it's warm and cozy. And I'm like, but no, how do you feel in that moment? That's what the image should be about. Like you're probably freezing your butt off and you know, I don't know, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's to each his own and you know, it's whatever you're, you're the image taker. So it's whatever you want to make the final output. You know, it doesn't matter what we say, but. Unless you're uh, like delivering for like a client, of course, I would try oh, to represent that golden hour, you know, like kind of as you see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree. How do you feel about like sunbursts, like artificial and natural, I guess? But starbursts is that what you said? Yeah, like sun, not like candy. I'm sunbursts. Uh, like, I I love them. I think they're great. Um, I try to use them a lot. Um, with once again like lakescapes or seascapes. Uh, <laughs> it's the only problem I see is that usually, or at least on the lenses I have, I have to stop down like to like. Uh, 16 or 22 f16 or f22 um and that you know isn't always the sharpest because you know about the fraction of course right um you want to explain but that? you know it's it For still the... creates a really nice look and it if you have kind of a boring composition you can really spice it up with that um what i think is i've seen photographers that like they will overdo the sunburst like look artificially like in post-production and that's, that could be considered a motif or a style, I guess, but it's not really something I go for. Um, and I very rarely like um, sunburst, even naturally speaking. Like like you were saying, using a very small aperture, like f18, 20, or 22, something like that. Um, I just find that look not really is something I really am excited about because it does create sun flare if you're not careful. And let's say you're not using a lens hood and you're, you're facing your lens towards that sunlight. It can just create lots of sun flare. And it's, I don't know. It's not really a... a I guess technique. I don't. I don't really seem to employ much when I'm out. In the and field. Um, any imperfections in your lens, scratches, dust spots—they're magnified exponentially when you uh, do that. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, diffraction. Um, which I mean, if for anyone that doesn't know, it's like if you're at a really small aperture on your lens and you stop down so far, maybe even to the you know the farthest point, you know the highest f-stop number, it creates this fringing that's on like let's say there's tree branches in your your frame. And it'll create these purple, if you zoom in real close, like on your computer, let's say, it'll create these really, like, it's kind of subtle, but it's there and it's noticeable. It's kind of considered like a def, not really a defect, but like a lesser desired quality. And it creates these like purple and blue, sometimes like banding, like, oh, yeah. like edges around like small, uh, let's, let's it, say objects. Is, 
Is yeah. that is that called chromatic aberration, right? Is that aberration? Okay. Isn't I think so. Oops. We got our facts right. Yeah, it, it creates all those things, honestly. It's diffraction, aberrations, uh, artifacts. Yeah. Anytime you stop down your lens, really, you run the risk of doing that. Um, so, yeah, sunbursts yep. are not really something I really am excited about taking, I guess. If you can um, shoot through the trees or, like, through some rocks and get a starburst through it, uh, that could be, like, a really cool composition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Tony Northrup did a video about that once, like a shot he planned with the starburst. It was really cool. Huh. So I always remember that. <laughs> I guess, yeah, if I, if I was to do one, like I would definitely do that kind of uh, the sun creeping kind of through the, I'll position myself so there's like a tree, a big tree trunk in front of me or something or something that would obscure the sun. And then I have it creeping out from like one of the sides, kind of like the edge of it. And yeah, that, that's one that's one surefire way to get that kind of sunburst quality to an image. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have anything else you want to add for Golden Hour? I don't think so. Yeah. I feel like we covered a lot there. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, do you have any announcements? Uh, this actually, this one's not really. It's local, but not really because you can access it online. But um, I have one piece. I'm in a local arts council. I'm a member, at least, of Yellow Springs Arts Council, and they're having a virtual membership for the month of February. Um, and they're having. I don't know how it's going to work, honestly, but I submitted one piece to the show. And it's going to be like an online gallery or whatever on the website. And there's going to be a virtual reception on February 19th. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I, I don't actually don't know what time. I guess it has a time to it. So I don't know how that's going to happen, you know, virtually speaking. So, but uh, we'll see. So regardless, it's nice publicity. And I didn't have to pay anything to get in. So because I was already a member. Cool. So that's pretty much it, though. How about you? Tomorrow, the uh, 1635 F4 is coming in, um, Ooh, okay. and I've, I've never shot that wide before, so I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I've pretty much been at kind of the standard 24 millimeters for like all my photography uh, career, I guess, so it'll be pretty cool. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting those like big foregrounds, you know, kind of the typical landscape wide angle shot, so I'm really yeah. excited. Yeah, anything in your foreground, point down at it. It's going to make it look real cool. Oh, yeah. Find a big old rock or boulder and just point that thing down. Yeah. And even <laughs> Dude, um, I've heard like it. macro. Yeah, I've heard even macro, like flower stuff. Ooh, yeah. Like you can get like right on top of flowers and get like groups of flowers and stuff. Um, so I'm excited oh, yeah. for that as well. Yeah, that that, went, that lens is a winner. So I can confirm there. Yeah, definitely. I won't yeah, drop awesome. it in the water though. Uh, yeah, I'll be careful. Hey. I'll be careful. So far this year, I'm doing great. Knock on all the wood. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, this this will be your water-free year. You, you got it. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for my announcements. Um, I think that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you so much for watching the Owl Outdoors Photography Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the video version on YouTube as well. You can subscribe down below, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.